0: I just noticed you're wearing your WrestleMania yes. shirt in honor.
1: <laughs> Fuck yeah! I was like, I had to make sure it was washed when I did Laundry Friday. I was gonna <laughs> like, I'm gonna need this. <laughs> I was like, all right, because I have four wrestling shirts, so I was like, which one do I really want? It's like, well, these are all current ones, so let's just go. You need
0: the classic, like
1: <laughs> 1990s WrestleMania. No, uh, when was this one? Yeah, 1990. <laughs> But then I realized, like, oh, we just covered um, Mickey a Murderer, where he just wanted to get out to go to watch Wrestlemania. (laughs) I was like, oh, I did not mean to make that. (laughs) There's a correlation. (laughs) Okay. Hello, and welcome to Doc to Me. I'm Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week, we will be covering Beyond the Mat. Uh, We watched this on YouTube. It wasn't the best copy, but it worked for us. It was
0: free. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I only had one commercial throughout the whole thing. Same. (laughs) And it was like the last half hour. Yeah. So I'm fine with this.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, free.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been slyly suggesting this one for a while, so thank you.
0: It was worth it.
1: (laughs) This was probably one of the first documentaries I've ever watched. I think maybe the first one was like Paradise Lost, and this was like not that long after. Anyway, it's an older one, too. I, mean, yeah. so. I think it came out, like, 2000. Ah, well, we'll get... Nope. <laughs> Next sentence. Beyond the Mat is a 1999 docu- documentary film directed, written, produced, and narrated by Barry W. Blaustein, he was a busy man. <laughs> he was very busy.
0: <laughs> it took him three years. <laughs>
1: yeah. It focuses on the lives of professional wrestlers inside and outside of the ring, primarily Mick Foley, who was probably my first crush,
0: Terry
1: Terry Funk and Jake Roberts, as well as some aspiring wrestlers, mainly focus on WWF, which now is WWE, which that story's hilarious. (laughs) I had to go to court for, like, what is it, the World Wildlife Foundation.
0: (laughs) I understand how it can be confusing. (laughs)
1: That's like the shirts they used to have with the pandas to the chair shot. (laughs) So, okay. Back on topic. We've already been drinking. (laughs) This mainly focuses on WWF, ECW, or Extreme Championship Wrestling, and some other independent organizations. It was originally released in the U.S. theaters in March 2000 and then later on VHS and DVD. We are finally watching a documentary that was at one point on VHS. (laughs)
0: It, I was literally 12 years old
1: when this came out. It ages us a little. I'll refer to him as Barry. Barry decided to make a documentary about wrestling after being outed as a fan.
0: He was a closet fan, (laughs) (laughs) which I feel like most people are. Yeah.
1: I don't think you found out until you came over. We were watching WrestleMania a couple years ago. Yeah. And I got real into it.
0: I was like, this is fucking amazing. It really is.
1: And we had to stop watching it around the kids because our two-year-old kept trying to, like, wrestle the dogs. And <laughs> I was like, "Nope, can't have that.
0: Just imagine if he was the child of a wrestler.
1: Oh, god, no. I don't want that. Hey, dad, is
0: it cool <laughs> if I wrestle with the kids down in the living room?
1: There is a family. God, I hate doing this. So the Hart family, they're from Canada. It was um, Stu Hart was the dad. And then I'm sure you've heard of Bret Hart mm-hmm. and Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. So they basically in their basement had like it was all wrestling stuff because he trained all his kids. At one point, they had a bear down there to wrestle with. Like it's insane. So all his sons are wrestlers. All his daughters are married to wrestlers. Like it's crazy. I mean,
0: that's sexist. Why can't they be wrestlers too?
1: Uh, I think some of them might have been. But like when we get to Jake and Jake the Snake, like his sister is a wrestler. Oh, God, his backstory. It's, yeah, it's so rough. it's heavy. Be prepared.
0: <laughs> I got a snippet of it, and I have a few questions. First of all, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. So his original original budget was $500,000, and it was funded by the Imagine Company. He shot footage for the film over three to five years. So WCW refused to participate in the film. The chairman of WWF, Vince McMahon, originally was cool with behind-the-scenes full access, but then later tried to pull out of the deal. He's not cool at all with bad PR. Like, he is a very serious man. When they had all the drug addiction stuff coming out, he was like, okay, fine, we'll pay for rehab.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of got that sense that, like, maybe there was some stuff towards the end that he didn't realize was going to be no.
1: oust. <laughs> Because he thought it was just going to be like, oh, it's just they're going to see wrestlers and see how they live. It'll be fine. No.
0: Yeah. uh, Turns out it's not so glamorous. No.
1: (laughs) In fact, after the movie was released and he watched it, he pulled all advertisement for the film and ordered all the wrestlers not to promote it. As a result, the tagline for the film became the movie Vince McMahon didn't want you to see, which that's great.
0: Made me want to see it more.
1: <laughs> so we start with Barry telling us about his love of wrestling and that wrestling isn't as fake as you think, which is so true. Yeah, they kind of like practice what they're going to do in the ring and they're not really enemies. They're friends right. backstage.
0: It's a bit choreographed.
1: It's but like a movie. It is really a sport. They fucking put everything into a match. And if it was so fake, why do you think these guys are constantly hurting their bodies to the point that they're popping painkillers just to be able to get out of bed? One of the guys featured in this, I won't tell you yet, he ends up paralyzed a few months later after the film.
0: Unfamiliar.
1: Yeah, the whole... I did
0: some Googling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it frustrates me when people say it's fake. Um, Barry leaves us with an important question. Who are these guys? Oh boy, we're going to learn some things. Some of them are not so great. <laughs> no. So let's start off by going to the WWF headquarters, which I missed that logo.
0: <laughs> it was the best one.
1: And it was a, only a couple years after this that they changed to WWE. And the slogan they went with to promote the new WWE name was Get the F Out. Which was, that's great. <laughs> I'll give them that. That's awesome. It was pretty perfect. I would love to have one of those shirts. <laughs> and it's so funny because we're seeing this normal office setting with this receptionist, and it's blending in clips of wrestling matches, like The Undertaker throwing mankind off the cage, which I thought was hilarious because she's just like, WWE. I <laughs> oh, asked, yeah, and her
0: answering the phone, it's like it's just a regular business.
1: <laughs> it's like, here's clips from Hell in the Cell. And Barry lets us know that. WWF is worth almost $1 billion, which as of last year it is now worth $5.7 billion. It's only been like 20 years. That's crazy. And this empire has been ruled by one family for four generations. The McMahons. Vince McMahon is such a sleazeball, but I still can't help but like him a little.
0: <laughs> yeah, I th- something about his personality. Like He's yeah. just...
1: Well, especially because then later on, he started wrestling. Yeah. So now these wrestlers <laughs> Just, like, get to beat the shit out of their boss. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, like, considering, you know, what these men are going through, the yeah. idea that he has, like, so much money, and he's, like, getting the shit beat out of them. Yeah.
1: Like. When Vince was born, his dad wasn't around because he was busy running wrestling companies. So he didn't meet his dad till he was 12. Like his dad left like right after he was born. You would think if your dad wasn't around because of wrestling, you'd grow up wanting nothing to do with it.
0: Yeah, be like, dad going out for a pack of. Smokes but you gotta get that money back.
1: We meet some of the writers, which include Vince Russo, who I fucking hate him. He writes the dumbest fucking storylines with no forethought. His dumbest one was the Brawl for All, which was basically what if these wrestlers were boxers. <laughs> so we're gonna make them box and last one is the champion which okay you can't really control that so what if somebody gets hurt oh well it'll be cool to watch like fuck you dude <laughs> like, and the composer who is <laughs> such a fucking nerd I loved him <laughs> 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 But somebody has to write these songs for him to walk out to. And then the wardrobe department, which I would love to hang out in the wardrobe department.
0: That's basically
1: Speedos (laughs) and like baby oil. Some of them now, like they're really cool, the ones they come up with. Like lately, uh, New Day, theirs are so cool. They've done Dragon Ball Z and then not too long ago they did Power Rangers, (laughs) which that's awesome. So wrestling isn't just about fighting. It's about spectacle, which, yes, lots of pyrotechnics. A lot of theatrics,
0: (laughs) and yeah, like you said.
1: And I love when they talk about the merchandising, because it really shows the age of this film. WWF is one of the top two selling licenses. The other was South Park.
0: (laughs) Again, I was 12 years old.
1: I watched South Park at this time, and wrestling, so. (laughs) But this is a family company, so keep that filth out of there. Which is great, because then we're introduced to Draws, or Puke, as he's initially known. Loved it. <laughs> Literally. Did you read what happened to him? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So his real name is Darren Drawsdorf, and he's he initially played three seasons with the NFL, so he's a tough dude. He introduces himself to M- Vince McMahon, in this by showing off his greatest skill, which is throwing up on command. I think there was even like a Monday night football game he threw up, one of the games on the TV.
0: (laughs) That is such a skill, (laughs) let me tell you. So he joins in
1: 1998 and by October of 99, he's paralyzed in a match. Uh, During a match with D'Lo Brown, D'Lo wasn't able to get a proper grip on draws during a powerbomb because according to draws he was wearing a loose shirt and basically draws landed on his head and fractured two vertebrae in his neck the match was pre-taped so they didn't air it but did use footage of him being taken out on a stretcher and don't try this at home public service announcements which it's classy
0: yeah i (laughs) it really you know you gotta drive that point home i mean (laughs) yeah
1: I've seen an interview with D'Lo Brown about this match, and even 20 years later, he's still affected by it. Draws has no animosity about it, and says there's no one to blame. Uh, Draws continued to stay with the WWF as a writer, but again, wrestling's fake. And a super rich friend of his paid for his wheelchair, that's like the tank of wheelchairs. And who was the super rich friend? Oh, just the founder of Under Armour. We'll get into this, but the weird connection some of these people have is insane. But the scene with Draws and Vince is so great. He just hands him an office trash bin and tells him not to get any on his table.
0: (laughs) Try not to get it on my table.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, he's gonna puke!
0: (laughs) The voice. It's like the voice.
1: (laughs) And then Draws immediately calls his mom to tell her the good news.
0: Yeah, he's like, "You'd be so (laughs) So proud of me."
1: So now let's learn about wrestling schools. We meet Roland Alexander, who runs the All-Pro Wrestling School and originally was an accountant. And we learned that the ind- independent level only makes $25 to $125 per match. And if you're really good, maybe, maybe 300. 300 Can you imagine getting the shit beat out of you and you're only walking away with $25? And the initial deposit to join the school is 500 we meet a promising student named Tony Jones. He talks about only making $25 a match, but he's got a good job with Visa, so at least he's making money somewhere. Roland says they get paid after every match, but Tony lets us know they only get paid if Roland thinks they did a, a good a performance, yeah. Yeah, that's so uh, shitty. Yeah,
0: he, he seemed like a real slime ball.
1: Yeah, and he says you can't be a nice guy because the ego on these wrestlers, they'll just walk all over you.
0: Like, dude, they could beat the shit out of you.
1: They're working for twenty five dollars a match, and they're gonna walk all over you. And they may make twenty five dollars a match, but they still have to pay him money for training.
0: Five hundred, yeah. Like, and if you don't pay, like, you get kicked instantly. Yeah.
1: We meet Mike Modest, who is Roland's golden boy. This dude, was so short next to Tony. He was. <laughs> He lives in a room above the gym where he's been living for a year. He supports himself by working at a funeral home, picking up bodies.
0: I liked when they showed the shot of him, like, rolling the body, and he's wearing his wrestling,
1: like... <laughs> like that tank, loose Yeah, the, tank the, the loose,
0: like, <laughs> 90s tank thing, like... Could you imagine, like your loved one dies, and some dude shows up in his wrestling some short, shirt, buff
1: dude, yeah, in his tank like, top, picking up the super, body,
0: super, super jacked. He's just like I'm, <laughs> I'm here for the dead.
1: It's so funny. So, Barry attends a show that night at All Pro, where they have a record-breaking crowd of 112 people a lot of people and it's in such a small room that people are literally close enough to spit on wrestlers <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then get their Five ass minutes outside kids. you bitch thousand dollars says you don't show <laughs> and the guy who yelled that is a mechanic for United Airlines <laughs> it's just weird jobs <laughs> Mike Modis and Tony Jones are gonna try out for WWF, and I love the way Roland struts in with that beeper hanging on his hip. <laughs> it's pure '90s, dude. It is
0: like, dude, fanny pack. Bros wearing a fanny pack, <laughs> which is now back and haunts me. But back then,
1: but it was just a legit so thing. Funny to see a beeper. They get to meet Jim Cornette, who I absolutely adore him. He is the most passionate person about wrestling. He started working for wrestling events at the age of 14 as a photographer, ring announcer, timekeeper, magazine correspondent, and public relations correspondent. It's of jobs. And now he is an author and podcaster who has also worked as an agent, booker, color commentator, manager, promoter, trainer, writer, and occasionally as a professional wrestler. He used to have a tennis rack and he'd have to beat the crowds off. Because the crowds would attack these people. (laughs) He's fucking done it all. Uh, Tony and Mike should listen to everything this dude tells him. So their tryout isn't just them wrestling for Vince. It's during a fucking show.
0: Yeah, it was like legit. They had never been on camera before and it was just like,
1: bam. so much pressure. Here you go. (laughs) But at least the people, it's at the beginning of the show, so people aren't that drunk yet. So, yeah, no one, <laughs> no one was heckling them. Yeah. There wasn't any booing. And then there's all these guys standing backstage just watching the mat, deciding their fate on this 13-inch TV. It was incredible. And they're not even close to it. They're, like, feet away watching it.
0: Ah, uh, It was the 90s.
1: We next meet Terry Funk, who he's great. He's been in the business for a long time. And he's been in a couple of movies and TV shows. He was in Over the Top, Roadhouse, and The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. But yeah, he's wrestled over 50 years. And he actually hasn't been doing that well lately. I've been seeing reports. He's been, I mean, he's in his 70s. Yeah. He, he probably
0: should have retired that first yeah, time he's, like he was supposed to. Well,
1: he's po- his first retirement was like in the 80s. His dad was a wrestler and also his brother, so it's one of those family legacies. But even in this film, he's struggling to get out of bed and get his pants on. With
0: his little tidy whities
1: Yeah. And then I think it's weird they go to one of his daughter Stacy's wedding. <laughs> 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 and his daughters are chat- chatting about how he needs to retire, and he should have done it years ago. And his knees are When he goes to that doctor's appointment.
0: Yeah. He needs a fucking new knee. Yeah.
1: The doctor's like, I don't even know how you're walking. Yeah. Well, should I get the surgery? Should I stop wrestling? (laughs) He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like,
0: what happens if I don't get the new knee? It's like the the bones are just like grinding on each other. Like, what happens if I don't get the new (laughs) knee? And he's like, well, you're going to be in unbearable pain forever. (laughs)
1: And then another connection, he's friends with Sylvester Stallone, which I assume they met on the set of Over the Top, which that movie is pro- possibly my favorite quote from any movie, where the guy's like, I'll rip your shitting arm off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah, it's just weird these connections wrestlers have with other people. Like, I think Big Foley when I get to him, his is the probably the strangest. So at this point, Terry's with uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling, while WWF is run out of this giant building, ECW's run out of the home of Paul Heyman.
0: It's literally a house in yes. the fucking suburbs.
1: like a one-story house. They're filming promos while his mom's in the background doing laundry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it the best. It's ECW's first pay-per-view, but Terry Funk comes out for his match, and the people are going fucking crazy he's in his 50s at this point and he's still kicking ass and Dude, he wins
0: I'm, yeah i'm only in my mid-30s and i'm just like that is way too much fucking work
1: <laughs> and then we meet mick foley who i love him so weird note his friend and teammate on his high school wrestling team was kevin james
0: Hi, fucking kidding me <laughs>
1: That's right, King of Queens himself. Wild,
0: oh my god, I loved that show. I love
1: Kevin James. It's so fucking weird. He wants to be referred to as the most polite wrestler, which honestly he is. I don't remember who said it, but I saw one interview where this one woman wrestler, maybe it was somebody's wife, saying he was the only wrestler she felt safe around. He's involved a lot with Rain, which is the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. Uh, He campaigns for women wrestlers to be treated equally with the men. He's done a lot with Make-A-Wish. He's done funding for remote childhood education centers in Mexico, Philippines, and Sierra Leone. And he's even sponsored seven kids with Child Fund International. So great dude.
0: (laughs) He is literally amazing. And he's an awesome dad.
1: Yeah. There's so much more that he's done, but that's just some of it. He's written a ton of books and has appeared in TV and movies. He's hanging out with his two kids and wrestling around with them. He goes on to have two more kids after that, but he is so devoted to his kids, which is a huge difference from Jake the Snake, who we meet next. Jake has had a tough childhood. Jake the Snake Roberts, or Aurelian Smith Jr., that's his real name. His dad was dating a woman, and then raped that woman's thirteen-year-old daughter while she was sleeping, and that's how Jake was conceived. Which is
0: absolutely like, I—it's it's fucked up, mind-blowing that he was even. I'll let you continue.
1: It's—it's <laughs> it's fucked up. And then his dad ditched him to start a new family. His dad molested Jake's sisters, and his stepmom molested him. His dad was a wrestler and his half siblings also wrestled at one point all three of them wrestled at the same time with WWF so his gimmick was to wrestle with this huge snake it was mostly a Python named Damien that he would bring to the stage in a burlap sack and let's just say it was not the only Damien I know one was left in the trunk of his car and froze to death Jesus fuck and another starved to death <laughs>
0: How the fuck do you starve a snake? You only have to feed them, like, once a month. month.
1: (laughs) I just, like, they went to a hotel room and didn't bother to bring the snake in. And so it froze in the back of a car. I really like snakes. It's horrible. It's horrible. But it's
0: so funny. This dude has problems. Let me just tell you, like... Like, I kill a lot of house plants okay let me tell you like I've killed shit tons of plants but
1: like I've never forgotten to feed something that only (laughs) needs to eat once a month oh the British bulldogs they had a bulldog for like their pet that they would have and
0: you should not have animals for your mascot
1: in wrestling they would pull pranks on each other all the time and I don't remember who it was but they got food with laxatives in it and put it under the door for the dogs to eat it and then they would bang on the door while the wrestlers weren't in there so then the dog would get all excited and just shit everywhere that was a prank and I love you is no joke <laughs> I know it's bad but it just makes me laugh because <laughs> then they have to come into this room and go to sleep with smells like <laughs> dog shit <laughs> I haven't laughed this hard doing one of these
0: Oh, fucking Jake the Snake. Also, but can we talk about the fact that, like, he's trying to impress his father, who is a fucking rapist? Yes. Like, what the
1: fuck? Yeah, he... His dad... His dad was Grizzly Smith. He left Jake when... Jake was, like, 17 or something. Or no, his mom was 17. And pregnant with another kid. And the dad left. Fucking monster. Yeah. So he's working the indie circuit at this point and living at a hotels. Not doing well. At this time, he's a huge crack addict to the point that he's telling wrestling promotions to pay him in crack if they want him to show up. Oh, my God. You got a problem then. I feel
0: like like you would get a lot more out of it if you just got paid in money and then bought the
1: crack yourself. Yeah, but then you got to go and buy it. You're just cutting out the middleman. He's helping his dad rake leaves, and they don't say a single word to each other during this. And then I told you that backstory of how he was conceived, and his dad says that he was born out of love. Yeah. Which is fucking I gross. I raged
0: a little bit at that, because it's not love if the 13-year-old is 13 and fucking asleep.
1: Yeah. After you came home from, like, a date with her mom. Ugh. Jake had another sister that was involved with a... 50 year old man and at 19 this dude's ex-wife kidnaps her kills her and to this day they never found the body the woman went to prison for kidnapping because they couldn't prove that she murdered his sister so he has not had a good life
0: no he really hasn't
1: and then we get to see china (laughs) which i loved and then barry is interviewing this guy i don't recognize who he was but he used to be a third grade teacher and now he's standing here just gushing blood at him they're his like forehead. can you wipe
0: your face sir
1: yeah blood is pouring into his eyes but let's keep interviewing him
0: there he's like asking him for shakespeare because <laughs> yeah. he was like a third grade teacher who like well, went he's to like college. blinking because yeah. blood is
1: in his eyes and then they're just like
0: hey can you wipe your face so you can oh, continue what? quoting yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> what the fuck it's like He's like, I can't really think of... There's a lot of backstory I'd have to explain to this, like... (laughs) Which,
1: like, yeah, you probably have a concussion right now. (laughs) And then we see Coco Beware and his bird Frankie. And then they interview Jesse Ventura, who at this point is governor of Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know he was a bodyguard for the Rolling Stones in the 70s and 80s? Wow, really? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I mean, these people have a lot of, like, weird,
1: like connections to the most random people it's so weird
0: well and when you think about it like i mean you go to college you become a third grade teacher and then you decide you want to wrestle instead i mean everybody it's just it takes a certain type of person to do this
1: so we meet new jack he was a bounty hunter before wrestling his real name is jerome young and he was fucking crazy he cut the shit out of a 17-year-old during the match, which in fairness, he the 17-year-old lied about his age. And he was arrested and acquitted, and then stabbed another dude during a match nine times and was also acquitted. And then he almost killed another guy bef- by throwing him 40 feet off scaffolding during a match. But in fairness, that guy had botched another jump, and so knew Jack got hurt pretty bad, so he was getting his revenge. He New Jack just died a couple months ago from a heart attack, and it's so sad watching this documentary and seeing so many wrestlers who have done died since then. But, yeah, allegedly, he's had four justifiable homicides. So not a dude to fuck with.
0: I can't even think of a single situation where I could have gotten away with murder.
1: <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> he's another one who had a rough childhood. Like four! His dad was super abusive. He watched his dad shoot his mom in the leg. I yeah, think while she was holding up. him, yeah, he didn't have a good childhood. Terry Funk announces he's retiring yet again from wrestling and says he's serious this time. This retirement lasts three months.
0: I laughed when that part came on.
1: <laughs> and oh my god, this dude, Dennis Stamp, exercising in his underwear and jumping on a trampoline. just in <laughs> case, Just in case he's called to wrestle again.
0: <laughs> it's been years. He hasn't had a match since 1990. Just jumping in those
1: underwear with weights in his hands. And
0: he's 50, but he's got to work out. He takes care of his body. He eats right. Because even though he's 50, he could be called up next.
1: Well, And then later on, he talks about how he was drunk. But he's taking care of himself. He's pissed he's not wrestling. And so Terry asks him to referee in his final match. He like guilt trips Terry into asking him.
0: It was really weird how he was talking about, like, I don't want to be one of those guys in the back in the dressing room. Yeah, later on he said he
1: was drunk, but he's taking good care of his body.
0: I feel like he must have been drunk, like, all day, every day then. Because he was definitely, you could smell the desperation.
1: Yeah, because Terry's like, it's going to be my last match. I want you there. You're my friend. I want you there. Well, I'm not in it, so I'm not going to show up.
0: I don't want to (laughs) be like those guys that are, like, old. Like dogs just like sniffing for our bone or attention. <laughs> but blah, he's blah, doing blah. it. Yeah, and he's doing it. And he comes up later and he's like, Were you serious when he said you wanted me to be a referee?
1: <laughs> he put that jersey on so fast, too.
0: <laughs> he was legit ready. And
1: Terry comes out to this huge standing ovation. We catch up with Jake the Snake and he's going to meet with his oldest daughter, Brandy. FYI, he's got eight kids. Brandy just really wants her dad in her life. She hates him, but still wants a dad.
0: She had a very 90s teenage. Like, I'm pretty sure I had one of those like pissed off black painting. She was definitely pissed at her dad. It's sad,
1: but yeah, Brandy is nervous meeting up with him because it's been so long, she decides to bring a friend with her. It's been four years.
0: Since she's seen her father. That's crazy. And he's like, she's being real weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like You haven't
1: you haven't seen your dad in so long that you're nervous to meet up with him. That's horrible. He talks about how he couldn't even take a few months off to spend with his kids when they were growing up because then he would have been fired. So, wrestling's tough. Other sports you're away from your family sporadically, but wrestling is a year-round thing, constantly being on the road. I think it's better now as long as you're like in the big right. WWE right as
0: long as you're as long as you're top league kind of stuff yeah
1: but it's working to get to that point
0: right it's gonna be constant
1: but according to him he's trying to be a dad which is sad because brandy's in college at this point (laughs) she was
0: graduating wasn't she he was going for her graduation
1: i don't remember i just remember saying she was in college and i was like oh my god now you want to be a dad
0: and he only spent like five minutes in the restaurant with her before he left
1: so after this emotional meeting jake's in his hotel room smoking crack yeah yeah, he's talking about the life of a wrestler you're taking pain pills and drinking all the time and then you have to take uppers to get through a match it sucks and it's no wonder why so many die at young ages
0: not to mention the toll it takes on their body, yeah. being beat to shit.
1: But Jake doesn't feel sorry for himself and knows he's a drug addict, which, hey, at least he knows. That's the first step. Yeah. So six months after Barry met with Mick, he meets back up with them. He's having a match with The Rock in an I Quit match at the 1999 Royal Rumble. You get during, to see The Rock! <laughs> this is during The Rock, the time when The Rock still has hair. <laughs> it's it's a, The Rock's cooking? I make that joke later. God damn it. <laughs> this is a fucking brutal match. And his kids and wife are there in the front row to be traumatized.
0: I was horrified. I could not believe that like, I mean, they're already like checking in to make sure daddy's still alive they're when they're not 10. there, but you seriously, that little girl is Jesus Christ.
1: And Mick Foley will, in fact, smell what The Rock is cooking. (laughs) There, I said it.
0: (laughs) He didn't do the eyebrow.
1: (laughs) Mick Foley takes so many shots to the head with a steel folding chair.
0: Dude, those kids were screaming, crying. Oh, my God. His wife was crying. It was horrifying. They,
1: like, walked out before they even announced The Rock as the winner.
0: I started crying. I cried. The mother is, like, carrying them out to go, like get away from watching their dad get beat to shit he's literally like bleeding everywhere fucking like chair the head several times and <laughs> he's like this little girl's probably like four years old yeah, they're screaming yeah she's like screaming crying and then oh my god i started like crying hardcore when she's like i want daddy yeah and i'm just like fucking a like that is going to stay with her her whole life
1: but yeah, at the end of it, his kids and wife are just sobbing. And yeah, I'll admit, I cry every time at this part of the documentary from seeing his family traumatized. He's bleeding from the head and covered in blood and telling his kids he's fine. And it's just a boo-boo, which dude, there's so much blood and they're stitching your head up.
0: He had to have a plastic <laughs> surgeon come in and fix his head. He literally had like a diaper on his head to cover <laughs> his giant head Yeah, wound. when they show
1: that cut, it's it so huge. massive.
0: And it was funny because The Rock is literally back there, like, talking to his kids about their trip to Disney or whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah. did you have fun? What <laughs> rides? Did you ride? And then later he's, like, beating the fuck
1: out of their dad. Well, because they are friends, though. His wife tells him she can't take this anymore. And he's just rambling and talking about how he hopes the crowd enjoyed the fight. He puts his body through so much because he wants the people to feel like they get their money's worth. So, Barry shows Mick the footage from the fight, and he feels absolutely yeah, horrible. Yeah, he was so
0: haunted by it that he later goes and shows him the tape of his kids, Yeah, literally crying, thinking their dad is being murdered.
1: And Mick feels really bad about putting his family through that. And that's the end of the film. Now let's get through some sad parts. Oh, Some updates. Roland Alexander, the owner of All Pro Wrestling, passed away on November 5th, 2013. In 2007, Jim Bell, who we only see for like a small little bit, he's the former vice president of merchandising for the WWF, was sentenced for trying to defraud the company of almost $1 million from 1998 to 2002 through illegitimate kickbacks. So during the time of this filming... (laughs) He's on film and he's ripping them off. He received an eight-month prison sentence and three years of probation for almost a million dollars. It's not bad, but don't get caught with marijuana in your pocket. In 2016, Dennis Stamp announced that his cancer had returned. He died of lymphoma on March 13, 2017. Tony Jones, one of the students, he had a few stints in WWE, but mostly just wrestles with All Pro. Mike Modest didn't get signed to WWF. I hate saying that but did get signed to WCW. Unfortunately, WWF bought out WCW, so he was out of a job pretty soon.
0: Oh, that's shitty. That's real shitty.
1: He's currently working for Las Vegas Wrestling Promotion, Future Stars of Wrestling, where he's also the head trainer. So he's still involved with wrestling. Oh, Terry. Terry Funk started wrestling again three months after his retirement. Then again, he's retired multiple times. He eventually got knee replacement surgery. Terry and his brother, Dory, were in, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2009 by his longtime friend, Dusty Rhodes. His most recent retirement was in 2017. <laughs> Mick Foley is a multi-time New York Times... Can I just
0: point out that, like, he retired in this fucking documentary when I was 12... And then came back out of retirement and then retired again when I had a seven-year-old.
1: He's retired like five times. He retired before we were born. Like, what the fuck, man?
0: You got to make that shit stick. (laughs) Get a hobby. Go fishing.
1: Mick Foley is a multi-time New York Times bestselling author and still appears on WWE sporadically. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame Class of 2013 by his longtime friend, Terry Funk. He does comedy and speaking tours.
0: I love that man. (laughs) He was such a great daddy.
1: Jake the Snake Roberts, still alive. (laughs) Shocking.
0: That is surprising.
1: He's been in and out of rehab, but he seems to be sober now. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014 and is presently working with AEW All Elite Wrestling. Oh, God. New Jack was still wrestling on the independent circuit until his death on May Fourteenth, Twenty
0: Twenty One. Yeah, I so that was simple. Yeah,
1: and that's gonna be it. Anything you'd like to add?
0: I mean, I would just like to point out that like it's clearly not all fake, considering how many wrestlers have brain damage.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, literally,
0: like murder your family, brain damage. Oh God! Yeah.
1: The stuff they put their bodies through, like, I don't get that.
0: Dude, I put my back out just from laying weird in my bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have it's never been in a fight in my life, and I'd like to keep it that way.
1: I bump my elbow on something, and I'm out the rest of the day. <laughs> no fucking way. And see so you got a new respect for it? <laughs>
0: I have always <laughs> had respect for it. It is definitely, like I said before we started recording, I think that they should make more fucking money than the pro football players because holy fucking shit. Like,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, they're working harder. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of it's like choreographed and, you know, pre planned, like who's going to win or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But there's still a lot of fucking blood. They they definitely work really hard and I mean I get horrified if someone just like bumps me in the nose and I these know. people are taking like
1: fucking Cheer shots to each I'm other. I'm like, Oh
0: my god, my nose don't ruin my face.
1: Or that Mick Foley when he uh the hell in the cell, when he just falls off of it and then falls through it and Yeah, oh my they god. thought he was
0: dead. Like
1: he lost consciousness.
0: Yeah, <laughs> literally after the, the I quit fight and he's his wife's like, what time is our flight? And, and the lady's like, oh, and she's like, no, I'm just testing his memory. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch, he just, she's making sure he did not have brain damage. OK, <laughs> like what day is it?
1: He is so extreme. What so are the had, names of our kids? He had three characters. Uh, he was Cactus Jack, Mankind and then Dude Love. And there was one where he did all three throughout the whole event. So he wrestled three times in one night. Like, he is the most dedicated person.
0: He's quite a man.
1: And he knows Kevin James.
0: <laughs> just makes I him, remember like, reading
1: that years ago, and it's still, like, I have to tell people, because I'm like, am I crazy? Is this not crazy no, to it No, it's absolutely <laughs> insane.
0: Like, just love them both now. <laughs> if anything, like, you should watch this just because... It really reminds you what 1999 was like. Oh,
1: my God, yeah. Seeing that vapor <laughs> like, just cracked me up. Not,
0: the computer mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. the background at one point. I'm, just like, I'm like, oh, my God, I had that same computer, like, in
1: 1999. I remember what a struggle it was to lift a monitor, and now you can just pick one up with one hand.
0: I know, they were
1: so fucking <laughs> big. <laughs> You'd have to make sure your desk was big enough for the monitor and the keyboard.
0: (laughs) They were not fussed. So then they had the
1: ones with the drawer that would come out for the keyboard because the monitor was so big.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. And the clothes. Just everything about the
1: 90s. Oh, God. (laughs) Not enough big hair, though.
0: No, there wasn't really as much big hair. There was definitely a lot of perm.
1: Not like that one technician and... Making a (laughs) murderer. Bigger the hair, the closer to God.
0: (laughs) I'd like to end this by saying, please, let's not bring back the 90s. No,
1: no, no, no. So make sure to rate and review and please tell your friends. My mom only has so many friends to tell.
0: But she's real proud of us.
1: (laughs) Any documentary suggestions you have, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or email us at drbpod at gmail.com. Thanks and bye. Bye.